Okay. Okay. So this, this is actually like new material, which is kind of fun. Um, it's, and it's based on Parsha's Vayethi, which is the Parsha. Mm -hmm. So it's, I love it because it's like you get the Parsha and you get also what we're learning together. Um, <clears throat> there are new ideas here that are, the, the core new idea here is in a share I heard from Rabbi Leff. Um, Rabbi Leff also has, he has like hundreds of shirim online, like they're fantastic. You can just stream them down. Um, and I just heard a new one from there. So where we're up to is <coughs> this working on this idea of Hashem Echad. We've talked about the Shem Hashem, Hashem Elokeinu. Now this is a transition from Hashem Elokeinu to Hashem Echad. What's that supposed to say? I don't know. Okay. To Hashem Echad. Um, Okay, let me start with two sources here. The first one goes like this. Maybe three. Maybe we'll do a few sources here. This is like our background, and then we'll pull it all together. Hello. Good morning. All right. So one of them goes like this. The Ramchal says, Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, we cannot understand and should not attempt to understand the Midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I didn't bring it in. But Rav Hirsch in Parshas Kisisa, where Hashem reveals to Moshe the 13 Midos, of Rahab, the 13 Midos, um, has an unbelievable like paragraph introducing his explanation of them, hmm. where he says, you know, like, really, we can't possibly try to understand this. It's with, with trembling that we even approach these words where Hashem is describing his interaction with us. On the other hand, if he wrote it into the Torah, there must be something we can learn, even if we realize that we don't understand anything, really, about this. Okay, I should have brought it in, because that's really the introduction to this year. Okay, with Hashem Echad, Ramchal is saying, we can't understand and shouldn't even try to understand Hashem's Midos. This is like not, not only not in this plane, it's not in any of the planes we reach. We don't get there. Yet, the Torah requires that we think about his unique oneness. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. So, on the one hand, here you got to talk about this. you got to think about it. You have to connect to it. And on the other hand, you have no clue how you could connect to this and what it means. So that's kind of the... That's sort of the question. I'm going to throw in like another source. This is from, from Rav Schwab on prayer. He cites a whole series of these sources. He says, the Gemara, the Talmud Yerushalmi in Brachos says, So we'll talk about this a little bit more, I, I believe, in the next year where we talk about pronunciation and Shema. But the Talmud says you have to extend the Echod. Laharich is like to, to pull it out, to make it long. Now, this is very tricky. Because Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov says, so how do you ma'arich be'echod? So at the very end, u'bilvad be'dalid, only the dalid. You're supposed to be ma'arich the dalid. Now the way we say dalid is not conducive to extension. Because we say duh. 
So how do you make a duh longer? It doesn't do it, right? M, you can go like, mm. D, you, there's no extension to it. it. It comes out and it's there, right? Otherwise you're stuttering, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> but that's not ma'arech the dalad, that's repeating the dalad. Okay. Um, and Ravashi says, ubavad, however, even if you're ma'arech the dalad, you have to be careful, shalo yachtov beches, not to cut off your ches. Don't chop off the ches while being ma'arech the dalad. Okay. And you want to hear how important this is? The, the, how important this thing is that we can't quite do, which I suppose is fitting, since it's the word echod, which we can't really understand. So I suppose it's fitting we can't really say it. But I don't think that's the reason. <laughs> Whoever lengthens his echod, his life and years are lengthened. His days and years are lengthened. So this is a big deal. So how long should you lengthen this unlengthenable Dalit? Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov says, Don't worry, it's not so long that you have to lengthen it. Only long enough to crown Hashem as king over heavens and earth and the four winds of the universe. In the four directions. <laughs> well, then, How long is there that? goes, I hope your day is clear. <laughs> right? Like, this is, this, on the one hand, there's something so exciting here. Because even if I don't know what it is, it, it's clearly deeply meaningful. On the other hand, that's the instructions. Just be ma'arechit long enough to make Hashem king over heaven, earth, and all the directions. Okay, so here's how Rav Schwab sort of sums that up. He says, you should draw out the word echad, and I'm not going to talk really today about how you do that. If you listen to the way the Yemenites say Dalid, they pronounce it more like a TH. Okay, which helps explain like how someone, now you shouldn't change how you say Dalid. Okay. But just to know that, like, probably the reason we can't extend the dalit is because our dalit has changed a little bit. It's funny that it changed if that's, like, the one thing where you would really hang on to, like, that letter. But, but that's what it is, and we don't worry about it. Already in the time of the Gemara, you have, you have groups that had different accents. Mm-hmm. Right? Shmaya and Avtalion were Gerim, and they couldn't say, I forget what sound it was, maybe Shin, like, something... Like nowadays, we'd have like people balichuva, and maybe they can't say ches very well, and chaf, right? So they had trouble uh, somehow, depending on where they were from. They had trouble with like sin or shin or something like that. And their talmidim, who were FFB talmidim, right? They were Jewish. Used to pronounce things like the rebbe's. And you, you do it like your rebbe, and you don't worry about the fact that like. Maybe you really would rather say it differently, you know? Like, that's how they do it by them in their base mattress. Okay. So Schwab says, you draw it out as long as it takes to conceptualize HaKadosh Baruch Hu as king of heaven and earth and in all four directions. That's a translation, but he, he said to conceptualize Hashem as king of heaven and earth. And he also says, this doesn't have to take long. One should just think that he is surrounded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, so 
our experience was the first time we went through this topic, that what that means is that a couple of times at least, and maybe on special occasions, you know, Rosh Hashanah, right? You're gonna actually spend quite a bit of time on Echad, especially near the beginning. Good morning. No, okay. We're so glad you're here. You might be really spending time on your Echad. However, <coughs> once you sort of build up the image and concept that Hashem is your king, he is everywhere, his will is everywhere, and you wish to do it. You wish to be somebody who is ruled by this king. You choose in. You build an image in your mind that you can then tap back into. You don't necessarily start fresh every time. We're talking about a realistic saying of Shema. Okay. So I, I gave this out once before, and I didn't make more copies now because we weren't really up to this, but there's the one with the Dalit. Okay, I have some, I think I have some extras of this. If not, so we can make copies at the end. I really, I, I wait on this a little bit till we get a bit farther along. Okay, I have two more of these, you have one. Okay, I have two more of these and we can make more some other time. Okay, so you see what I did with the word echad? Okay, some, there's some details in here that we have not talked about yet. Where the, there's the olive, the ches is thicker and the dalit is even thicker. Mm. So what we did is we actually used this paper next to the sitter for a little while to help build it up so that we see in the word echad a hint of not only the pronunciation where we're, we actually are going to extend the ches a little bit because since we can't extend our dalid, and the fact that the dalid thought has to be extended even if we cannot voice it because of the way we say dalid. So the aleph is one, is Hashem. The ches is the seven layers of heavens, the seven curtains or, or levels or stages between the physical world and the spiritual world. And the Dalit is those four corners of the earth, the four winds of the universe, right, that were mentioned in the Gemara. So if we visualize Hashem is ruling us, he is one, that's the Aleph. His, his Malchus comes to us through these eight levels and then comes down this eight and then spreads to all four corners of the earth. We can see that in the word echad, and that helps us to have the proper kavana in the word echad that we're being told is supposed to be the kavana, right? That's how long you say the word echad is long enough to conceptualize that Hashem is the king and his dominion extends to all four corners of the earth, heavens and earth, and all four corners of the universe, okay? So it's, I'm jumping the gun a little bit again with that handout, but <clears throat> we fa I found it helpful personally, and I, I, others told me they also found it helpful. We don't always dive in with the handout, but like it, it puts it into, I actually put in pencil in one of my sidurim, the one, the eight, and the four, just over the word echad in the sitter. I didn't like bolden up, you know, like start doodling in there. But I did put that in to help remind me. But after a while, that becomes your default thinking. Like you get used to having that thought when you say those words. Mm -hmm. 
And that, I think, is what Rav Schwab is saying when he says it doesn't have to take so long, right? It could be at the beginning while you're working it out, but otherwise it will, you get used to it. You, you adjust and you tap into the visualization you've had. You don't have to recreate it from scratch every time. Okay. There's a pasuk in Zechariah. I actually did bring that here, I think, somewhere farther along. Number vav, the haya Hashem lemelech al kol haaretz. It shall be that Hashem will be king over all of the land. Vayom hahu on that day, yihiye Hashem echad u'shemo echad. Hashem will be one, and His name will be one. Which, by the way, definitely suggests that until such day comes. Okay, Hashem is surely one. Kumar asks about that. Wait, could you say he's not one, right? But can we say that his name is one? Apparently not. Apparently there is something missing over there until that day comes. Okay, so Rav Schwab says, and I actually brought that also over here in number Zion, there are different ways in which people perceive HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if we just think for a minute, we're all sitting around this table, we're all in the same room, but we all see something different, if only by virtue of the fact that we're sitting in different positions. Okay? In the same way that mentally every person has a different mind and a different viewpoint on things, but, but physically, we are all in slightly different spaces, and so we see things differently. Our experiences of Hashem are different. There are people and nations who believe in one God but have a different way of understanding this. However, this pasuk refers to the time when the whole world will understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu the way we do. Shemo Echad, his name will be one. That means that the whole world will share our understanding of the one and only universal God as taught to us by the Torah. So now we're going to come back around to the first question. First of all, uh, well, the question was, how can we perform this concept of Yichud Hashem, contemplating Echad, when Ramchal just told us, yeah, well, don't spend too much time contemplating God's oneness because you're not going to understand it. That's not what you're meant to do. He said that in general. He wasn't talking about Shema. Right. So then there seems to be a contradiction because here we're supposed to think about Hashem's oneness. And on the other hand, it really is beyond us. It's not something that we can understand. So to, un to get a concept of, so then what is the avoda over here? I'm going to start with the bracha in this week's parsha, Yaakov to his sons. Vayikra Yaakov el bonav. I brought the whole section in between. I made them smaller so it wouldn't take up pages and pages because it's really beautiful having the actual brachos to the shvatim over here. But we don't have time for them. Vayikra Yaakov el bonav. Yaakov called to his sons, Vayomer, and he said to them, Hey asfu, gather together. And I will tell to you, what will happen to you at the end of days. This is, by the way, quite an astonishing verse, right? Mm -hmm. If you. He covets you, gather together, Vishimu, and listen, B'nai Yaakov, children of Yaakov, Vishimu, and listen, El Yisrael Avichem, to Yisrael your father. You're the children of Yaakov, listen to Yisrael your father. And then he blesses each one of them. Kol Ele, each of these, Shifte Yisrael, are the tribes of Israel, Shneim Asar, 12. Vezosa Sherdiber Lahem Avihem, and this is what their father spoke to them. Vayavarech Hasam, and he blessed them, Ish Asher Kevir Chaso, 
each one according to his blessing. Berach osam, he blessed them. So Rashi on the first pasuk, va'agid alachem, gather together and I will tell you what will happen to you in the end of days. Well, that's really quite a teaser. All right, so Rashi says, what? what was he actually going to tell them about the end of days? Yeah. Bikesh, he sought legalos esalkates to reveal to them the kates, like the deadline, the end time. Kates means a time that is the ending. He wanted to tell them that. Venistal kami menu shchina, and the shchina removed itself from him. So he understood that at that, that intention was not finding God's favor, right? God's presence was not going to be with that. So he began to say other things. So Rashi holds that when he starts those brachos, that was a different, that was a, a change of topic. The Medrash in Dvarim Rabbah says, Dvar Acher, as a second point from the one prior. Shema Yisrael, listen Israel. Mehechan zachu Yisrael l'kriyashma. How did the Jews have a merit of Kriyashma? We've seen this source before. Misha Shenata Yaakov Lamisa, when Yaakov was approaching his death, he called all the tribes for Amar Lahem and said to them, Shema Mishani Niftar Min Haolam, Atem Mishtachavim Le'elok Ha'acher. What if after I die, one of you starts to do Avodazara? You start to worship other forces. It's, it's easier than it looks. Okay? Every time we think that I'm late because somebody made me late. So who, who exactly was I attributing the force to? Okay, I just... Somebody outside of yourself. It wasn't God. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it could be me. Every time I say, oh my gosh, if I don't take care of this, it won't get done. Who's, who's in charge here? Me? Right? If I don't, really? God has no other messengers? I'm speaking to myself over here. I learned this the hard way. Okay? <laughs> this one I learned the hard way. Right? Every time I say, right? So we, it's not difficult to start worshiping other forces. It's a constant avoda. Okay? Fortunately, we don't have to deal with, like, actual idols. Okay? But fetishes, right? But... but to remember that actually Hashem is the source of everything is actually a constant avoda. It's very gratifying, very rewarding, but constant. Minayin. How do we know that? Shekach siv, it says like this. He kavtu v'shimu b'nei Yaakov. Mahu v'shimu el Yisrael avichem. So he says, gather together and listen b'nei Yaakov. So why does he say, listen to Yisrael, your father? Like one or the other. Now, Yaakov, when, when the Jewish people are called B'nai Yaakov, you're talking more about how they are in Gullus or at a lower point spiritually. And when the Jewish people are called Yisrael, you're talking about at a higher spiritual level or a redeemed time. <coughs> it's more, more Malchistic. Amr Lahem. El Yisrael. It seems to me that that is not a... Oh. Kel Yisrael Avichem the God, listen to Yisrael, your father, meaning listen to your father. Who's your father? Hashem. Amrulo, they said to him, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Don't worry. Listen, Yisrael, meaning our father, at a loftier level. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. We know Hashem, our God, Hashem is one. There's nobody else. Right? We had that other one where they say, just like, just like in your heart there's only one God, in our heart there's only one. Behu Omer, and he said, in a whisper, Baruch Shem Kvod Malchus Ole Olam 
But that's interesting. It says it in Lachisha over here in this Dvar and Rabbah. I want to go back and check that source because I don't remember that detail. Amar Rabbi Levi, Oma Yisrael Omer Machshav, Shma Avinu Yisrael Oso Davar Shetzivisonu. He says, when every time we say Shema, we're saying, listen, we're crediting our father, Yaakov. We're saying, Yaakov, we're still, we're still here. We're still on board. Just like you commanded us to behave in the beginning, that Hashem, to know that Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad. The Balaturim says on this passage, Vayikra Yaakov Elbonov, Yaakov called to his sons, Shabikesh Lagalos Lahem Hakates, he sought to reveal to them the end, Vinistami Menu, and it was hidden from him. So he, it, he's citing directly Gamarim Psachim. Okay, so you hear it's the same basic concept. There are some, they're telling it a little bit differently. Rashi often will paraphrase um, to make a certain point. Okay, so it was hidden from him. Amar Yaakov, and Yaakov got very afraid. He didn't say that here, but we know this from elsewhere. He became very concerned. Shema yesh bachem chet. Shema yesh bamitasi psul. He says, maybe there's something, maybe one of you sins. There's chet here. I mean, why would it be that I have something to tell you and I'm not permitted to tell you? Perhaps you are not worthy. And that was scary for him. Because look at what happened to his father and grandfather. Right? Yaakov has a brother, Esav. His father has a brother, Yishmael. So the family history suggests that not all children turn out on track. But he thought they were righteous. So that's, that could be even scarier than someone who's blatantly not righteous. That's really scary. They're not who they think he is. They're not who he thought they were. Amrulo, and they said, Tidaktik Bishma Senu. Carefully, carefully count up our names. Vilotimtsabahim Osios Chait. Okay, this is classic Balaturim, not so much the lengthiness, but to see it in the words themselves, see it in the letters of the words themselves. He says, Perhaps there is in you a sin. And they say, Look at our names. Look, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zevulun, Dun, Naphtali, God, Asher, Yosef, Binyamin. No ches and no tes in any of those names. There's no chait in us. Right? He says, maybe there's a chait in you. They say, there's no chait in us. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. Sure. Okay. lahem. So, okay. So, I don't think that the Balaturim is suggesting that they said hey, count up our names. We don't have the letters. It's not what he's saying. He's, he's giving a second layer to their conversation. He says, perhaps there is a new hate. And they answered, That's the conversation. Right? But he's saying, there's another layer of what you see going on here. In our names, there is no hate. There is no hate in us. And he said, And he says, ah, okay. That, that's good. I see there also aren't the letters Kuf and Sadik. And Bikesh Legalos Kates, he sought to reveal the end, the Kates, and he sees, oh, that's also not there in you. Now, what, Very okay, so and this is puzzling. They're going to continue on the legacy without, without knowing the Kates. Right. That's right, okay. Rashi, on the end there, Ish Asher Kivir Chaso. 
And this is always very beautiful. Each one got their own bracha, right? Each one according to his bracha that was already natural in him. The bracha that is destined to come to each one of them. Beirach osam. Rashi has a very interesting question. He says, if it says each one was blessed with their bracha, why add the words, he blessed them? It's extra. Lo lomar ela isha Or, beirach oso. He blessed him. Each person, he blessed him. Not each person, he blessed them. Ma Talmud Lomar Beirach Osam. So why does the Torah add those words? He blessed them. Lefisha Nasan Li Yehuda Gvuras Ari. Ulevinyaman Chatifaso Shal Zaev. Ulenavtali Kaluso Shal Ayel. Shal Ayol. Because he gave you, he blessed you. It's interesting. He says they gave. He gave him the bracha to Yehuda of the the strength of a lion and to Binyamin the the gutsy quickness of the of the wolf and to Naphtali the lightness of foot of a deer. You might think that it means each one is getting a separate bracha. It only is for him. No. In blessing each one, he is blessing them as a group. Okay, that is a very, very deep idea. We don't have time today, but that is the fundamental concept, really, of Avas Yisrael as a whole. Do I see in the other person qualities that are necessary for my success in life? If Yehuda has a bracha of being like a lion, so Binyamin and God and Ruvain can have success. It's not that they'll be like a lion. Okay? I, I've probably told this story before. There was one Rosh Hashanah when I was in Shul, and there was sometimes there's like a sort of a long gap, you know, before blowing of the shofar. So we're standing there, and you're kind of like trying to get yourself in the frame of mind, and I suppose maybe the Baal Tzakiya is also getting himself in a frame of mind. And I don't know if this was before or after or during the Lamnatseas. I don't remember. But we're all standing there quietly and nothing started yet. And there's like a baby making noise. And there's a lady who like just somehow makes noise even though she isn't really like talking or anything. Just maybe the way she says Lamnatseas, she whispers it and it's so loud that the rest of the room could hear even though she's whispering, like a stage whisper. And there's somebody else and you're thinking like, you come dressed to shul like that on Rosh Hashanah, like, are you serious, right? And all of a sudden I think, oh, I thought I was the judge. It's Rosh Hashanah, I thought I was the one supposed to judge everyone. There is a terrifying thought. I'm standing there waiting for the chauffeur to blow, and I'm like judging everybody around me, okay? So I thought, that this is not healthy. <laughs> it's not right. So I started, Rabbi Goldberg had been talking about bracha and seeing bracha, tovas ayin. It's really a couple of amazing shiram on tovas ayin and bracha. So I thought, okay, so let me look at each of those people and think of the good that I see in them. When I look at them, I could remember the good things I know about them. And I started doing that, right? This person who has abolished chuva at a pretty late age, right? That's a really hard thing to do. This person who 
comes to shul even though it's really difficult to get there. This person who like, yeah, she's dressed like that, but how does she know? She doesn't know. Look how amazing it is that she's standing here in shul, right? That, whatever the different things were that I know about them or how they daven or how they, okay. And all of a sudden I realized, first of all, I definitely don't want to be the judge, especially not Russian. Also, if I'm just going to be judged for who I am, so everyone could be looking at me and seeing all my flaws, certainly Hashem can, I would really rather be part of this whole community of people standing here. I'd rather be seen as part of that. Because you know what? Her Shema is probably better than my Shema. And her Avas Yisrael is probably better than my Avas Yisrael. And her Tzniyas is better than my Tzniyas. And her, right, her child patience with her kids is better than my patience with my kids. So hopefully there's something I also could contribute to the group. But if I'm looked at as part of this whole group standing here in shul, then I have a much better chance because between us, between us, you could see a lot of good. It's true we all have flaws. That's so funny because I just had that conversation with my girls. Yeah. The age and the stage of development are there. Yeah. Sometimes you can only see people's flaws and what divides you. So there's this kind of concept with a minion, right? That if you have a minion of people, the tefillah is guaranteed to sort of make its way where it needs to go. <clears throat> and one of, those con- one of the ideas behind that is that, yeah, maybe one person says the word Shema with Kavan, and the next person Yisrael, and the next person Hashem, and the next Elokeinu, right? We have trouble with Kavana. But if you got enough people together then you might be able to create one whole that works. Okay, so when I was standing there in that moment on Rosh Hashanah, waiting for the shofar to blow, and I'm having this epiphany of, A, I think I'm the judge. That was not, not the most upbeat epiphany. And B, but, you know, little self-appraisal goes a long way and is helpful. And B, all these people have tremendous value. And C... Their good strengths are necessary for my survival. It's a whole new level of how you appreciate other people. Okay, Rav Hirsch talks about this, and, and like I said, it's not the topic for today. It's a fascinating and amazing and necessary thing that, that jumps off from this topic that we're talking about. When he gave the bracha to each of these children, and the bracha was an amplification of who they already were. So Rashi makes clear it's what each one already had destined for them. You might think he's blessing each one as a separate individual. And what Rashi wants you to understand from the Pasuk of the Beirach Osam is that each one receiving their bracha is the bracha to the whole. They are a unit of 12 sons. And that is a blessing to the whole. This is how we should try and see ourselves in relation to Klai Yisrael. That the success and the bracha of another person, not just, well, it doesn't take away from me. God has enough for me also, right? Not just that we're not in competition, but that his success is my success. If she has an advantage, if something goes well for her, if she does a great job, I'm better off. That's an important piece for bonding us to other people. Okay. Amma Rabbi Acha Bar Hanina. This is source number Ches. (laughs) 
This world is not like the next world. The next world over here means like the end of days, like the messianic era. In this current state of the world, on good news, we say a bracha, blessing Hashem, who is good and does good. The Albasuros Raos and on bad news, Omer, we say, Baruch Dayan Haemes, Baruch Hashem, Elkin Melacholam Dayan Haemes, the true judge. La Olam Haba, Kulo Hatova Hametiv. In the next phase of the world, everything is Hatova Hametiv. Ushemo Echod. God's name will be one. Mo Echod. What's Echod? Are you going to. Are you suggesting that his name isn't one? Like, how could you suggest such a heretical concept? Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak. Okay. The connection over here, let, we'll see. Amar of Nachman ben Yitzchak. Loka olam hazeh ha'olam haba. This world's not like the next world. Ha'olam hazeh, in the present phase of the world, God's name is nichtav biyud hey. His name is written yud and hey and vav and hey. Venikra and read as aleph dalid. Ado noi, right? We don't say yud and hey and vav and hey. Aval, however, in the next world, kulo echod, it will all be echod. Nikra biyud hey v'nichtav biyud hey. We will actually say it as it's written. Okay, these are brought together. The tova metiv and dayan hames is brought together with the two ways of reading Hashem's name because they are reflections of the same idea. This concept that in this world Hashem's name is not one means we do, not ve- we do not have a grasp of his oneness. A name of Hashem, remember, is a description of how, he is intera- how we experience his interaction with us. That's what a name of Hashem is, how we experience his interaction with us. And the name, Yud and He and Vav and He, is a name of unity and oneness that we cannot fully experience, and therefore, in this phase of the world, we don't say it. We can see it. We can think about it a little, but we can't say it. We, ha- we cannot express something that we cannot really conceive of. In the future, that will be different. In the same way, everything Hashem does is actually good. Everything he does is latav. However, what do we experience? We experience some things as besuros raos and some things as besuros tovos. And therefore, we have to say brachas accordingly. But in the future, everything will be hatov hametiv. We will experience Hashem's interaction with us only as tov. Okay. So what do we understand from this Gemara? We understand now what was going on with Yaakov. Yaakov wanted bikesh legalos as hakates. He wanted to show them what it is at the end. What happens in the end? I want to show you a vision of achdus Hashem. And by the way, he could only do this on his deathbed. At the, the moment he's going to die, he can say this. Why? Because it's not for this world. We, we can't experience that achdus of Hashem in this world, the yichud in this world. It's not possible. Okay. But at the moment of his death, suddenly he has this new conception and he wants to share it. And then, it, no, you can't share that because they're still alive. Okay? When we had a revelation of that at Harsinai, Anochi, God says, I am, and like, we all dropped it. Neshamas just go. There's, you cannot have a neshama in a body down here experiencing something that is so completely beyond the physical. It doesn't work. 
It's against God's rules of nature. Okay. So then he was afraid at first. Why can't I tell them this? Is it because of hate? And they said, no, no, look, we, we're good. We're fine. And he understood, this is what Rabbi Leff said, he understood then, oh, okay, so it's not because of hate. It's because that's normal for this world. In this world, we don't work on building a conception of Achdus Hashem directly, because we can't. What we do is we build Achdus of ourselves. In serving Hashem, that means Yichud within ourselves, pulling ourselves into a really focused, that was at the beginning of Shema, that really tremendous focus on the single priority of serving Hashem as our mission, which then guides all of our decisions. And also as a group, being united with everyone around us in serving Hashem. And that Achdus and Malchus Shamayim is the avoda of the moment, and it leads to Hashem's revelation of Yichud Hashem in the future. Okay? There's a medrash that says the, the remez, that it is time that Hashem will reveal himself more fully, that the times of Mashiach have come, is that the Jewish people are in Achdus. You understand how it goes together now. That's why it's the hint, because that's what we're supposed to work on. And we work on the achdus on our end, and he reveals his yichud and achdus on his side. Okay. So then he understood that, and then he said, oh, there's no chait in you, but there's no kates in you. Right? Because that's not appropriate for the moment, and that was reassuring for him. He was like, oh, okay, so we're good. If you say shema yisrael hasham ukeinu hasham echad, that you recognize that Hashem is Echad. But it's a Shema, like you've heard it, right? It's not, you don't know it, know it. And he said, Baruch Shem Kvod Machuso Le'olam Va'ed. That will be Le'olam Va'ed, to the long term, to the future. Okay, that, that'll be a different topic down the way. Okay, so we see something similar with Moshe Rabbeinu. This is source number 10. This is after the Chet Egel, and he's daven to Hashem to forgive the Jews. And now, if I have found favor in your eyes, Hashem, Moshe says, teach me your ways. Let, let me understand and know your ways. So that I may know you. Okay, these are talking about very deep knowing, right? Das is knowledge of experience. You know it because you've seen it, been there, done it, you know it. That I may find favor in your eyes. Or a ki amcha hagoy and see that this nation is your nation. Okay. Um, let's not go through the whole Svarna. It's a beautiful, his approach is, is really unbelievable. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I want to understand your ways, right? Kumar says, he asked, why is it Sadik Viralo and Russia Vitovla? Why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people and good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people? It makes it seem chaotic. It makes it harder to see that that is Hashem's hand when we cannot see the direct connection between what a person does or how they act and what happens to them. And Hashem told him, oh, I didn't bring the end of the Pasuk. I didn't bring the whole passage, sorry. Hashem said, 
It's in this passage. A, pers- a person cannot see me and live. In other words, what you are asking is not something you can see in your lifetime. Even Moshe Rabbeinu. Even someone who could go all the way up to the world of the Malachim to receive the Torah cannot see how Hashem's achdus is apparent in this world. Because that's what he was asking for. Is there a yichud of Hashem's shame, of his interaction with us that we can see in this world? And Hashem said, not during your lifetime. Okay, one approach to understanding, he says, come up here, there's a place by me, is yeah, you want to come up here by me, you'll see it. But then you're done. Okay. So he says, you can't see this up front, you can only see that there is impact on those below. This is not something you can see in your lifetime. The Gemara in Bracho says, Rabbi Akiva said, what did he teach? What does it mean you should love Hashem your God with all your soul? Even if he takes your soul. And there was a time when the Romans, hi, do you need this room? We'll finish up right away. Oh, we're fine. We're done by then. Okay. We'll, we'll save it for you. Okay. The Romans decreed that it was forbidden to teach Torah. I'm going to skip the, to the next side. I didn't want to, I don't like cutting a passage in the middle, but there's some extra conversation between Rabbi Akiva and his nephew, Papas Ben Yehuda, so, okay. And Rabbi Akiva was, was caught, he was caught red-handed teaching Torah. Rabbi Akiva when they took him out to execute him, Zman Kriyashma Haya, it was the time for saying Kriyashma. And they combed his flesh with combs of iron. They would heat them first. And he accepted on himself It's interesting. It doesn't say the gezera, like I accept your... He's saying, I want to serve you, Hashem. You are my king. I wish to do your will. That's what he was... He was saying Kriyashma. Mekabel Olav Omar Hashemayim means he was saying Kriyashma. Amru lo Talmidav. His Talmidim said, Rabbeinu Adkan? Really? Even this much? Like, Amr Lahem, he said, Ko yamai hayisi mitztar al pasuk ze bechol nafshecha afilu notel es nishmasecha. My whole life I worried about this. Would I be able to fulfill that which I taught? With your whole soul, you have to, even if God is taking your life, you should do ve'ohav ta'as Hashem lokecha. You should do Kabbalah's Malchus Shamayim, even when he's taking your life. Understand? It's not just even if he takes your life, it's even while he's taking your life. So now that I have the chance, should I not keep the mitzvah? I always worried, would I be able to do such a thing? So now I'm given the chance, shouldn't I do it? Hayamarich be'echod, he extended his echod, be'echod until his soul flew up with the echad. And a baskol came out and said, how fortunate are you, Rabbi Akiva, that your soul flew out with echad. And Rabbi Lef brought this to say, his whole life he worked at it, at Kabbalah's Malchus Shamayim. That experience of echad, that's the moment of death. That was a crowning achievement. But there's a reason he couldn't achieve it earlier. Okay, there's so many times when we're going to come back to this story because there's so much we need from it. But that's one piece of it. At that final moment, he was able to have revelation and experience of the echad. Okay.
which tells us. Okay, there's a psikta that says that where the Pasuk over here with Yaakov said, Vizos asher diber lahem, this is what he spoke to them with the brachos. It says that's the same zos as Vizos yavol Aaron el hakodesh. This is the zos with this zos, Aaron as the Kohen will come into the holy, the, the holy place. In other words, with the zos of the brachos to the individuals that builds the whole and is instead of the revelation of the end, this is how you come into the Kodesh. It sums it up. Can we contemplate Yichud Hashem in this world? Not so much, really. We have to know about it. But to truly experience it is not so much. So the task here, which is what Yaakov learned and passed on to us, is Kabbalos Malchus Shamayim with Achtos. That's Achtos internally and externally. That's the Avoda of this world. And when we, when we build on it in this world, that is the Yavo El HaKodesh. That's the process. That's how you get there. That's Rabbi Akiva all my life wondering, will I be able? At the end of days... There's the revelation. Okay, I just want to finish up here. I'm sorry. The Shloss says that at this moment, Yaakov commanded his children about the mitzvah of She'ilah Shalom. Seriously? Like asking how other people are doing? <laughs> Seems a little odd. But the explanation is when you say to someone, Shalom Aleichem, that means Shalom Aleichem. My shalom is on you. My completeness is dependent on you. I am not complete if you are not complete. We are all interdependent. It's an interesting, interesting insight. That's what the Shlah says he was telling his children. Okay, so, Rav Hirsch, I put together two pieces over here. Just as God has endowed the human mind with the faculty of mirroring, you know what, I'm not gonna read this one. Read this on your own, it's awesome. It's, he talks about understanding in other people how we need each other for each other's knowledge and experience that they can share. Okay, I'm going to Yud Gimel on unity of God. However great the variety presented to you both by nature and by history and by your own life, you have nonetheless grasped the fact which you must now lay to heart as vital, right? You have to put it, that all this is the doing of one God through whose will everything everywhere has been and is and whose will has directed everything that has happened and will happen to you. One God everywhere and in everything. Everything comes from this one God, meaning no matter how variable your life is or what you see around you, everything is from Hashem in heaven and on earth. And everything therefore conforms to one design is part of one all-wise plan. This is Kavana for Shema. But above all, the most vital lesson to lay to heart is that, oh, sorry, is that this one God is your God and that you have acknowledged him in order to live rightly. You hear what he's done? He said the avoda of Yichud Hashem comes down to Kabbalah's Malchuso. It's really the same message that I heard from Rabbi Lef. I just hadn't caught it the first time around. Just as the world with all its variety, history, with all its change, has its origin in the one source, is guided by one hand, serve one being, strive upwards towards this one, so much you recognize and feel your life with all its changes to issue from one source, to be guided by one hand, to flow towards one goal. 
You must comprehend your life with all its diversity as proceeding from this one, and you must direct it towards this one. It's all coming from one Hashem. Take everything in your life and bring it back to him in order that your life may be a unity, just as your God is one. In other words, the closest we come to be meyached Hashem's name is being meyached inside of ourselves. With mind and body, with thought and feeling, with word, deed, and enjoyment, in wealth and poverty, in joy and sorrow, in health and sickness, in freedom and slavery, in life and death, your life task is everywhere and always the same. For it all proceeds from one God and has been assigned by the one God as your task in life. Therefore, everything is of equal significance, for in everything and with everything, you have been summoned to the service of the one God. Strive to reach this one and be one in heart as your God is one. Okay, so this was a new surprise topic, but I felt it so helpful because it bridged that missing gap between Yichud Hashem and Malchus, Kabbalah's Malchus. It answered two questions. One is, why is Kabbalah's Malchus the avoda of Yichud Hashem? <laughs> and what are you supposed to do with Yichud Hashem when it's beyond us? And the answer is you turn it into Kabbalah's Malchus. Okay. Nice. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Thank you.